When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And on my last two visits to the Etihad, Manchester City have scored 13 goals with none conceded. And in the last six games, in all competitions, six games, 23 goals for, one against. Six wins, no losses, no draws. And people are saying that City this season aren't quite firing on all cylinders. Um, We're through to the quarterfinal of the Champions League. And we're back at Wembley for yet another FA Cup semi-final. And we know who our potential opponents are right the way through to the final in both competitions. To discuss that and much more, I have three guests. Welcome to Lisa Rabinovitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. Hello to Sarah Messenger. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Nigel. And hello to Edward Timpson. Hi, Edward. Hi, Nigel. Listen, Sarah, kick us off on this one. Manchester City... I think a few of you over the last few weeks have used the expression, well, we're not quite firing on all cylinders this season, are we? Do you think we can safely say that's not the case at the moment? I think, and I hold my hands up here, Nigel, that I and one or two others whose names I won't mention have actually... Go on, mention them. Go on, have go actually, on. No, they're good friends of yours, Nigel. I don't want to ruin you. I don't want to ruin friendships that have gone on for what, 40, 50, maybe 60 years. Um, careful, careful. <laughs> I think on occasions we've actually thought that City were being were a bit boring this season. There was a lot of passing it side to side, and we know that's a fundamental part of how Pep plays moving the opposition around. But it, you kind of live with it. If then every three or four minutes you get an exciting attack, and even better if it ends with a goal. I mean, it just felt like we were watching lots of games where we're seeing all this sideways passing and not much at the end of it. Um, and yet here we are. Two games later, I mean, we can take the six if you want, but let's just take the last two games. Um, we had a lot of sideways passing, but we had, it, you know, what, what struck me about the last two games is the incision and the pace and the and the sort of a sense that there was a real desire to put that ball in the net. And, um, yeah, they were fantastic performances. So it was nice to see the city that we've grown to love under Pep re-emerge in the last uh, two games. I mean... It literally, I mean, okay, the first, we'll, we'll talk about each game in, in, in a bit more detail in a second, uh, and there may be periods of games where, I suppose, Burnley, certainly in the first half hour, looked quite decent, Edward, didn't they? But but, but actually, what a performance in those two games. Just 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 a joy to behold, and, and, and scoring all of those goals. I mean, it's just, it's just, such, just so special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's almost back to the sort of pinching yourself uh, time as a city fan, it's it's just been uh, superb to see us get that that zip that zest uh, that uh, desire that Sarah was talking about, that the hunger, 
but also I think that that ruthlessness, uh, the, the the level of um, uh, sort of concentration, focus, but also the execution of what what Pep's asking to do, and epitomised by uh, Haaland above everybody. But I think that's now sort of seeped through the team. Uh, this this run hasn't sort of happened by accident. We did have a bit of a, a World Cup hangover. We're worried that maybe we'd lost some of that ability to uh, just puncture every hole uh, in front of us and we're leaving too much on uh, out on the pitch. But it doesn't feel like that at the moment. It feels like we've really uh, caught uh, a good moment, both with the level of play from individual players who found found form that was lacking uh, perhaps uh, six, seven weeks ago, likes of Foden, KDB, uh, but also to put that number of goals uh, into you know, two decent teams nets and essentially humiliate them uh you know that takes some doing and i think a lot of credit has to go to the not obviously the players (laughs) but also i think the backroom staff who've clearly been working on how can we get better at set pieces both defending scoring uh how can we make sure that these chances are are being converted at a much higher rate and and we're seeing that happen now and um, it bodes well for the rest of the season I mean, Lisa, I saw some lovely photos of you on social media with uh, spanning the generations, all with City. I think there's your dad and your nephew and your brother all there outside the Etihad, and I'm good to see you back there as well. Um, what What is it that's excited you over the last sort of, I say we've talked about six games, but maybe focusing on these last two in particular, what is it that's really got you excited? I think it is, um, as as both Sarah and Edward have said, just the the change in, I guess, it's not just the tempo, although I think that has got something to do with it. The sideways, yes, is something that we accept as part of the build-up and the way we play and the way we tire everyone else out around us. But it always had that tempo okay. that went with it, and that seems to be lacking. Um, and, and, it, and I couldn't quite figure out whether it was we couldn't get a rhythm to get a tempo or we just weren't building up the tempo. It, it wasn't really clear to see what was going on. And to be honest with you, I don't really care now. If it's back, it's back and that's all that matters. And, and it's probably a lot to do with the World Cup, getting still getting used to having Haaland. I know it sounds ridiculous given he scored, what, 41, 42? I can't remember now. I lost count in so far in a season. It sounds ridiculous to say we were getting used to having him. But I think that this... Gay. The last two games, we saw a couple more occasions when we kind of just played the ball at him for him to run at, and he causes absolute havoc. I've never seen anything like it. To me, that it's all exciting, and it's great that other players are scoring goals as well. But seeing what he is capable of, we all know what he's capable of. But just that reminder of those particular moments where he just seems to come from nowhere at such incredible speed with such a huge which is a great height he's not a small player and the way he moves I just I I can't really put it into words it's not it's not normal is the wrong word (laughs) I don't mean it like that it's not what we're used to no I've never seen anything like him before certainly not a city um, it, it's, I don't suppose many people could say this, but I was talking to my dad about Tommy Johnson in the 1928-29 season. I haven't, I'll just say that again, I think, because not many people can do that. I was talking to my dad about Tommy Johnson in the 1928-29 season, who you will know scored just 38 goals. And dad quite rated him. He thought he was quite decent as a striker. But but Edward, this we've we've never seen anything like this, have we? Now, I mean, I, I must just—it re- reminds me of the <clears throat> excuse me, the charity shield. Do you remember when he missed that chance and he just had that wry smile on his face that just said, "Yeah, 
fine, just you wait. And it was just brilliant. And of course, well, what a player. I mean, I just, I, I, we could have, we could have an hour on this just on him, couldn't we? Uh, oh, at, at least. Uh, but of course, most games, he only plays now himself. He gets taken off, scores five goals, gets taken off for a bit of a, bit of an early bath. And I think and that's he's not just happy demonstrates... about it. Not happy about it either, is he? Each time he comes off, you can see he thinks he wants to score goals. He wants to score more goals. Yeah, and in some ways that may be why Pep's doing it. Maybe yeah, saving his legs a little bit. Um, although he seems to be uh, have a pretty good engine on him, but just to keep that, uh, I think that just that that's a visceral naked hunger that he has just to want to score as many goals as he can. I think in one Norwegian under twenty one match he scored nine. Uh, so he's got uh, a few still to, to to go to to reach that level. But I, it's it's also watching his movement and seeing how every second of the game, although he may not be directly involved in play, touching the ball, he's constantly looking for an avenue, uh, uh, a bit of space, a way of being able to create a goal-scoring opportunity if the pass is there. And I think the thing that we've seen happen, certainly in the last two games, I, I would say probably uh, for most of uh, the season when we've been on, on fire, uh, as opposed to when we haven't, is the rest of the team now starting to read that better and understanding what Haaland's doing and looking for the ball. And we, we, we saw that, um, I think it was a, a, a Gundogan pass through uh, that he ran onto. And let's not underestimate also, he may be a, a bulldozer, literally just sort of um, knocking massive defenders off him. But the depth of touch that he has as well and his finish and some of the, the ways that he can... Um, Sort of contort his body so that he always gets some sort of shot or header on goal. I mean, it's phenomenal. And the, the great thing is, as a City fan, is he's nowhere near what the, the, as good as he thinks he can be. And certainly Pep thinks that too. So um, he will break records this season, absolutely no doubt about it. He's already broken many of them already. Uh, but it's just frightening to think what he might do next season uh, once the rest of the team really know what he's capable of. I mean, what can you add, Sarah? I mean, I don't know, it's difficult, I know, but you've not been on for a couple of weeks, so maybe you can find something there that uh, we haven't already discussed, but he just seems to get better and better, and those last two games have just been incredible. He's an incredible striker, and I think if you listen to strikers who we probably all respect on this podcast, you know, Alan Shearer, Gary Lineker, and, and a few others, the, 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 when, when it was put to them that he just is a bit of a tapping merchant, or most of his goals are in the penalty area, they looked at, they, they looked appalled at the very suggestion that what he does is not down to significant levels of skill, positional awareness, strength, deafness of touch, of touch as Edward said. Um, so he, he's, he's, he's an inter- it's interesting because he's not the kind of player that. Um, necessarily gets you on the edge of your seat because of it, you know what he does with the ball. But then he is the kind of player that gets you on the edge of the seat because as soon as the ball's anywhere near him in the penalty area, your absolute assumption is he's going to score. And let's be frank, bear in mind Sergio didn't play much in his last season um, and he's been gone now, what, a couple of years. It's a while since we've had a, a striker where we felt that level of confidence. The only other thing I'd say about Harland is, again... Um, an interesting suggestion about whether he plays better if he's got Alvarez playing just behind him. Um, Because there have been some games this season where he's been anonymous and we, I think rightly, have blamed the midfield and defenders for not finding him. But, you know, I just wonder whether there is something about that City are learning how to get the best out of him and maybe, certainly for certain games, Alvarez playing is is a good foil for him. 
Well, look, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk specifically about the Leipzig game and the Burnley game and then look forward to those sort of quarterfinals and semifinals. We'll do all of that straight after this break. Welcome back. Listen, let's talk about the Leipzig game, Lisa. And before we talk about the game itself, um, Pep again employed four centre-backs. No full-backs in the team at all. Four centre-backs, which did get some raised eyebrows. How how did you feel at the time? I mean, I'm no longer surprised by these kind of things. Uh, However, um, like a lot of others, I was was kind of hoping that Walker was going to play from the pace perspective on the right-hand side. But I wasn't sure whether he was not starting Walker because of everything else that was going on in the background with him. Um, so I wasn't that surprised. Ake has done a very good job. It was Ake at left back, wasn't it? I'm forgetting these things now. Um, Ake has done a very good job at left back in many games, including against Saka, against Arsenal. And so I, I don't, to be honest, yes, they are all centre-backs, but both Stones and Ake have played at left um, right and left back respectively many times now I, it's not that shocking I think the only thing that surprised me a little was that we were going to be lacking the pace of Walker on the right but clearly what do I or the rest of us know um perhaps if it had started with Walker would have won 12 nil I don't I don't know um you know I honestly it's really easy as Pepper said this kind of thing before when he when he does it and it doesn't quite work Obviously, everyone criticises him. It's a terrible mistake and how awful. And then he does it in this, in this situation and it works wonderfully. So at the end of the day, he does what he thinks is best. And I think I've come to the conclusion that, you know, I can try and second guess what the team's going to look like. But 99 times out of 100, I'm probably going to get it wrong. And what was interesting, Edward, we all know that in that first leg, of course, that City dominated that first half. But in the second half, Leipzig looked a decent, seat, looked a decent team and, and came back and, and, and got the equaliser, of course. And I don't think anybody thought it was going to be quite the rollover it was. I think people were quite concerned, particularly the way they performed in that second half. Yeah, I remember when I was last on uh, the podcast, we, we spoke about how the second half, Leipzig really... Did, did one on us and uh, managed to dominate possession. I think they had more than 50%. And so it was a very, very difficult uh, half for us to, to navigate. And I think the last uh, podcast where there are predictions, and it's always always a little bit unkind to go back on people's predictions, but all of them were saying, going to be close, probably something like 2-1, Leipzig will definitely score. Uh, so that's the beauty of football. We never quite know how it's going to pan out. But I think maybe some of Pep's thinking was, Lewis maybe not quite ready for the Champions League yet. Gomez, he can't rely on it at that level from the start. Cancelo's out on loan. Walker, maybe his, his head wasn't going to be in the right place um, because of what else was going on. So I can see why he, if he had four uh, fit uh, centre-backs that he, he had available to him, who had, some, who had versatility and have shown that in, in other matches, that, that gave uh, Edison perhaps a bit more protection, which he thought they needed, having seen what Leipzig were capable of. Uh, in, this, in that second half. So uh, it turned out to be the right call. Um, as Lisa said, we'll never know if, if something different would have been better, but I don't think we complain, can complain with 7-0. And it just I, provided a really solid um, backbone uh, to, the, to the team and allowed some of that free-flowing football up front uh, and for them to play with confidence. And we say, don't we, 
uh, Sarah about kind of a back four and centre backs, but I mean John Stones played in midfield for a lot of that game. As as mm. uh, you know, Cancelo did the same. We've seen that with uh, I think young Rico Lewis as well in a number of games. He's played at full backs so and drifts into that midfield position as well, doesn't he? So it is not really a standard back four, is it? To be honest. Well, we don't play with full-backs in the sense of full-backs that we probably all grew up with. I mean, um, I think we've all got used to this term inverted uh, full-back now and we roughly basically it means someone who wanders more into midfield than they do onto the touchline. Um, uh, and it's very clever. It's yet another brilliant bit of thinking from Pep, which actually I think one or two other teams are trying now. I think, I mean, I think, you know, we don't know why he picked the four of them. Edward, I think, may well be right. But I also think that there was something about concern about Leipzig on the break and the pace in which they attack us. And actually, one of the dangers of playing you two wide. Um, attacking fullbacks who don't wander into midfield but t- hug the touchline and are bombing up and down it. As we've seen on a few occasions, um, we get caught out. And so I think that there was something about having more solidity. And yes, they might wander into midfield, but put four central defenders there. Um, and it, it will, I think, it, I think, it, and it worked. I think, I think it made it much harder for Leipzig to break on us when they had a couple of chances in the first half. And Edward, five, five goals for, for Haaland. I know we talked about him, but let's talk about this game. So one, the penalty, um, which, you know, you can argue was, wasn't, you know, you know, did it really have a, a great bearing on the on the game? I don't want to get sort of too hung up on VAR again. We do that enough of that, I think. But uh, your thoughts on, on the game itself and obviously KDB's goal at the end as well, which is just typical KDB. Um, and, and Gundo sort of just chipped in as well with a nice goal as well. So just, just what a performance. Yeah, it was a complete performance. Uh, clearly, the second half it was an absolute goal fest. Uh, and once they started, they didn't seem didn't seem to stop, and everyone wanted to get in on the action. Um, I mean, Akanji, a, a I think, uh, had quite a lot of chances. Um, uh, certainly in that game, possibly also the Burnley game as well. Like so, so many goals scored, it's hard to remember which was in which game. <laughs> but uh, I, I think um, the, the the interesting thing for me was the the way that uh, F- Foden. Uh, has come back in the team in the sort of the Grealish role and seeing how effective he's been. I think that really creates a bit of a conundrum going forward. Uh, but it seemed to give uh, some really great service into the into the danger zone for, for Haaland. Uh, and uh, both in terms of the speed, but the accuracy, maybe something that uh, Grealish is a bit more ponderous on. So, uh, although he can deliver a good ball, uh, Foden I think can just do it at that sort of slightly greater uh, pace uh, and has has the left foot out there on on, on the left wing too. Uh, but overall, I, I couldn't see a weak link uh, in in the team. Uh, the fact that it wasn't, uh, although it seems a strange thing to say, although Haaland got five goals, there were other goal scorers uh, to show that uh, how how we used to spread them out um, uh, in other seasons. There's maybe signs that we're still capable of doing that and uh, although I think 43% of our goals have all been scored by Haaland which is a uh, another record surprise surprise uh, but th- for, I think the one thing they'll be really pleased about though is the clean sheet and the fact that we're starting to build up clean sheets because some of the draws we've had this season Forest being perhaps the most agonising one most recently were ones in, were avoidable and where if we were showing a lot more um 
sort of rigor at the back, uh, then we, that those could have been avoided. And, that, and those are the points that are going to make the difference, I think, at the end of the seasons, the, the draws rather than the losses. Uh, so the fact that these clean sheets are now coming thick and fast, we've only conceded five goals in the last 10 games. Uh, I think that, that shows that the team are doing what is required uh, by, by Pat in order to not just win games, but win them well. Can I just come in on, on the point there? I mean, are you right, Edward, about rigour at the back and the deeply irritating experience of letting in a goal in the last couple of minutes to Forrest? Actually, though, I think the bigger question is that we should have been 5-0 up by the time they scored that goal. So in any game of football, any team can score a goal, whether that's down to a defensive frailty, you know, a worldie from Peter Crouch... Um, a, a dubious penalty. So, for me, the frustration was not doing what we have managed to do in the last two games, which is put the game out of sight. So, it wouldn't have mattered whether they got a goal or not. Yeah, Lisa. Yeah, I agree with Sarah. I mean, obviously, I, I, I like it when we keep clean sheet, and I'm sure the defence love it. But for me, the bigger problem has been not making the most of the domination we've had in games. I've always thought that since Pep has been there that. I, I don't really care if we concede two because we should probably be scoring five most of the time. And obviously, you don't want to concede two. I'm not naive about that, but I really think the, for a pep team, the way we are set up, it's much more about taking advantage of the dominance you have in a game and taking your chances or actually creating decent chances from possession. Um, but obviously, having the clean sheets is an added bonus. And I actually do think that I wonder if Diaz is having an impact now. He seems to be back in to the kind of form we were used to. I, I'm hoping that it's just a, a combination of the like of Diaz, Foden, Kevin, all seem to be getting back the form we're used to, um, and which is perfect timing. But you make the point, and, and I'm trying to think if anybody had a bad game. I, I just think it was kind of almost the complete team performance, and that's what pleased me particularly. You know, very often we've had you know KDB and Haaland, you know, teaming up brilliantly to to get a winner for us. But that it was the complete team performance, and, and literally everybody was superb. I think it was just a joy. Um, so let, let's look forward then in the Champions League. So so we do have a, a good record in in the competition uh, in terms of getting to this stage. Um, we know we haven't won it yet, just to remind ourselves. Um, that is the obvious. So we know who we've got in the next round. Uh, Bayern Munich in the next round. And just sort of thoughts of your yeah, your thoughts about that then before we sort of look any further, because we do have a bit of history here, don't we? I think, uh, Lisa, don't we, in terms of Bayern Munich and not quite getting getting over the line against them, it's fair to say. Yeah, and if we are to beat them, we've got some history probably of either of the next two as well. Um, <laughs> look, if we if we want to win it, which clearly we do, um, we're going to have to beat the better teams in the in the competition. Would you prefer to not have to face possibly two of the better teams? Yes, but it is what it is. Um, and you know, I think we're capable of beating them. We just have to apply ourselves. If we carry, if we, we obviously they're much improved competition compared to the the last two games. But I think you just approach each game the same way, um, in terms of from the mentality perspective. And and I and actually, what's pleased me about the last couple of games is that we haven't seemed to turn up just expecting to win, which has 
think been a problem or seem to have been a problem in the past. So we can only hope that this momentum continues and we can take it forward into the game against Bayern Munich because, you know, we've... We've obviously got a now really packed schedule and that is going to impact. There's going to undoubtedly be some weird team selections from Pep because he's got to deal with lots of games coming up. Obviously, we'll all be thinking about Cancelo, who I assume can play because the rules are now that he can, unless we've said that he can't. Um, and, 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 you know, typical City would have us say, you know, we're going to get knocked out by a Cancelo screamer in the 91st minute. But if we score four before that, it won't matter. It won't. Um, your thoughts then, Sarah, ahead of the, the, the buying game? What lessons have we learnt? Um, is it just, listen, this is the European Cup, this is the Champions League, it's it's a knockout tournament, there's a bit of luck involved, it's not quite like the Premier League. How, how do you feel about it going into this one? I mean, I think Lisa's right. I think, you know, if you're going to win a trophy like this, you've got to, you've got to be capable of beating the best teams. And everyone keeps telling us that City are the best team in Europe, if not the world, that were favourites to win the Champions League. Because we're all typical City fans, we all just think it can't be it can't be our city they're talking about. You know, we, it, we still haven't quite got our heads around the fact that we are a better team than Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, teams that we all grew up with and never imagined that we, we would support a team that had any prospect to beat them. Um, I, my, the other thing I would say is I would rather play the the more difficult teams. If we've got to play them, I'd rather play them over two legs than over one. And if we do beat Bayern Munich, and you know that I think over two legs, bits of luck, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, could balance themselves out. So the best team usually wins over two legs, with the exception of Real Madrid last year. Um, and and yeah, whilst I definitely don't want to be complacent about Napoli, who were tearing up Italy at the moment um, you, you know it would be their first Champions League final you know I think if we got to the final if we are able to beat the teams that lie in our way you'd hope that we could be reasonably confident about it without ever being complacent so yeah I, I think let's bring it on and if we can't beat Bayern Munich over two legs we don't deserve to win the Champions League and if it, it's fair, isn't it, Edward? You know, I think Sarah made the point, maybe we've been a bit pessimistic over the last few weeks. You know, we're not sort of tearing the Premier League apart. We're, not, we're now eight points behind, of course, in the Premier League, albeit with a game in hand. And therefore, we've maybe been a bit negative. Should we not be a bit more positive going to this, the last two results? I mean, to win 7-0 in the Champions League against Leipzig, I mean, come on. We should surely be more confident going into this one against Bayern, surely. We should be extremely positive i mean if you can you imagine any of the other teams uh in seasons gone by when barcelona or bayern were were winning the champions league and they were they were winning legs by four or five nil and no one else thought they had an, uh, a, a, a chance to get close to them uh and yet we're now that team we're, we're doing it and we've got one player scoring five goals in one game uh we've got our Lewandowski, we've got our ronaldo we've got that player who can get us over the line in the Champions League. So uh, I think this is all about payback. Uh, we could see these as our bogey teams, Bayern, and then if we get through there, we've got Chelsea or Real Madrid, and knowing the recent history there. But but they're teams that we know, uh, and we've now got that added firepower. That Let's face it, that's why one of the principal reasons Haaland has come to City is to give us that extra edge that we need in these big, big games. And the others are completely right. At this stage of the Champions League, you take what's in front of you and you beat them. And you do it, hopefully, in the first leg at home. 
which is going to be vital for us. Uh, but we've shown really good resilience uh, away when we've needed to. And I just think we've got probably our best chance so far uh, to get not just get to the final, but to be the team uh, that show how, to, how, how you can win it and win it well. So I think we should be ultra positive. Uh, we're in a good vein of form. Uh, all the other teams uh, who are still in the Champions League, um, apart from I didn't see what how Napoli did at the weekend, whether they played or not, I don't know. But none of them won. They either lost or they drew. Uh, so we should have nothing to fear apart from ourselves. And just in terms of looking at the draw, so if we beat Bayern, sorry, sorry, when we beat Bayern, uh, just yeah. picking up on your positivity, Edward, sorry, forgive me, uh, it's Real Madrid or Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough draw. The, the other the other side, when you look at AC Milan, Napoli, Inter or Benfica, you could argue the slightly easier side of the draw. But it just means we meet one of them in the final then, potentially, I suppose. That's the way to look at it, isn't it? Yeah, yes, completely. Good. All right then, let's uh, let's look at the uh, the FA Cup then, because uh, we're through to the Champions League final for by by all accounts based on that discussion. So I look forward to uh, Istanbul on the tenth of June. See you there. Got my accommodation sorted at the weekend, which was good, just in case. There we go. Um, my brother-in-law married a Turkish girl, which was a good move. So there we go, um, sorted. Um, Thank you very much, Aisha and Daphna, your stars. I appreciate it very much. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm being a bit bit previous here. I realise that, but it is all sorted just in case. Right, let's talk about Burnley, who came with a very good reputation. I mean, sort of absolutely dominating the championship. Everybody said they're the Manchester City of the championship, playing our sort of football. You had, you know, you had Vincent there, sort of taking the applause. You had Mike Summerby showing off his his uh, his gong from His Majesty the King. It was all set up for an amazing day. Their, their fans were brilliant, I thought. Uh, fantastic. And uh, what a day it was set up. And uh, yeah, it turned out that first half, I mentioned it, I think, right at the start of the show. That first half, they, they, they pressed, they, 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 they had like four, four up top at times, looking really positive, and it just took that sort of one goal to take the wind out of their sails. And uh, the rest was history, Sarah Messenger. The rest was history. But a, but a good effort from Bur that first half hour, I thought they looked really impressive. Hey, and now I love Burnley these days, and I have to be honest. I mean, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for any Lancastrian team, but, um, you know, let's be frank, Burnley have been pretty dire to watch for a, a number of years, and Vinny's got them purring like a Ferrari and playing beautiful football. I'm you know, look, we all love Vincent Company. We all want Burnley to do well if it means he's doing well. Pep has not quite anointed him as his successor, but has given a very strong hint that, Vincent Company will manage or Vonson Company will manage City one day. Um, uh, so it's slightly, it was a slightly weird atmosphere because I sort of, on one hand, I didn't really want us to batter Burnley, but then I, I always want us to batter whoever we're playing. So it was slightly odd. Um, but Bur the first half an hour, Burnley were a, a credit to themselves, a credit to Company. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, I did, I, I said, I thought we'd win, but I, we certainly had a few uncomfortable moments in that first half, and I certainly wouldn't have predicted an outcome of six nil. So, you know, credit to City. They got, you know, they got once they got a couple of certainly the second goal, I think, in the second half, then they just took complete control of it. But um if that's what Vincent Company can do to Burnley, imagine what he's gonna to do to City. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go there just yet, I don't think, but uh, I understand what you said, just a bit too soon. Uh, the, the Championship is very different to the Premier League and the Champions League. Let's not just let's not peek too soon here, Sarah, please. Um, I, I don't want to talk necessarily about um, Haaland particularly. I want to talk about, if I can, for this game, uh, the kind of the, the people around him. And I think Alvarez has already been mentioned as well. Foe been mentioned KDB I mean that, that's just three names just to what performances we saw from those three in sort of the uh, the manner in which City won it was down to their efforts and, and the way they played wasn't it Edward would, would you say was that are they I mean you may come up with a might be another one where no one had a bad game but those three for me I just thought were quite magnificent in terms of the way they performed yeah, they were, and uh, with a, with a, a nod to, to Diaz at the back, who made a couple of uh, fantastic tackles. Uh, to have those those three busying themselves around Haaland, creating so many chances, brilliant movement, actually reactions to second second balls is a lot better than it has been. Uh, I think earlier in the season, uh, they showed, showed huge class quality. Uh, the uh, the vision that they they had the. Uh, the pace and the precision of their passing. I mean, it, it, it was it became in the second half inevitable that more goals are going to be scored and more space started to to open up. I mean, fair play to Burnley. I thought they played some really nice football early on. They put us under a lot of pressure. Uh, we found it difficult to get out the back and the ball kept going back uh, to Ortega. And they actually had some some decent chances to take the lead. I think that Diaz tackle I mentioned and Ortega made a, a good save. But ultimately, the the... The, the level of play from Alvarez, Foden and KDB and just their, their, their sort of football language that they shared with each other on the pitch where they just seemed to be able to just dovetail each other. Uh, Bernie just couldn't cope with it and it just showed that there is a gulf between the, the top of the championship, albeit they've done amazingly well to get, get to the top um, and the top of, top of the Premier League. Um, I, and Alvarez, uh, another year's extension on his contract already, they clearly rate him very, very highly and I think we might see more of him uh, either playing alongside uh, Haaland or certainly coming on for for more ga- more game time because he's showing that he's adding an extra element to our our, our front play uh, as well as seemingly a great finisher as well. So huge amount to admire uh, and lots to look forward to. And there were, there were sort of echoes of Sergio Aguero thought about him as well at the weekend as well you could see sort of his build and and just one of the finishes I forget where it was his first or second goal now but one of them was very Aguero-esque I thought particularly um I lied Lisa I said I wasn't going to talk about Haaland but it's just something that cropped into my mind that if I can just share with you that it was the Foden shot if you remember that hit the post and came to Haaland and I noticed at the time just because the angle of where I sit in in the Colin Bell stand on level three and just his movement before Foden took that shot, he positioned it. And it all happened in a split second. He saw Foden was going to shoot, and he just he altered his run and altered his position, thinking, "Where is this?" But just naturally, just the way he does it. Where's this? Where potentially could this ball land? Yeah, it's either, if it's in the back of the net, it's a goal anyway. But if not, I want to be in the right position. And he just stopped and turned, and, and you know what happened hit the post and literally it wasn't easy for him but because of the way he'd moved he was again in the right position which is the point Edward or Sarah forget who made about these other strikers and these other pundits who talk about this natural instinct it was just it was so special and it was uh, just another example of the way the way he plays the game but uh, anything you want to add about the the Burnley game sorry I said I wasn't going to mention Ireland and I just did I lied I think that's okay we forgive you um well it was my nephew's first match so um it was um pretty exciting for him 
and and obviously the rest of us. I would say that also in the first half, Rico Lewis made a couple of quite important interventions at, mm. at early on um, because Burnley were playing really well. I mean, my dad, who is known for being as positive as me, actually um, even less so, um, was was not happy at all. Um, he turned to me and said, Burnley are the better side. Uh, I think that's a bit harsh. I think it's fairly even. But um, they were doing well. And if, if Lewis and Diaz and whoever else hadn't made those interventions, you don't know what happens. But um, we kept at it. I think we realised that it wasn't quite working what we were we were doing and we became a bit more purposeful. And, and then, yeah, the rest is history. But that Foden shot, I, I mean because it's all about Haaland at the moment, you kind of felt for Foden in a way, like, could it not just have gone in for him? But, and I, back to the point, he's there and it's not just a coincidence that he's there. And I think there's, there's a lot of kind of just, oh, well, he's just there to tap it in. It really wasn't a tap in, but he, it's, it's deliberate. Everything he does is deliberate. And it's fascinating listening to him being interviewed and how he criticizes himself. Like he could have had, after he'd scored five, he could have could have had more. And he he strikes me, and I, I I really find it fascinating listening to a lot of the players that Pep has brought in. Um, obviously, Haaland was an obvious target, but I think had he not had the mentality that he appears to have, he wouldn't have been a target from Pep's perspective. I think Pep has very specific characteristics he looks at in players that aren't just about their footballing talent. And it's just really fascinating for me to listen to the way some of these players talk. Um and, you know, I, I find him a very interesting but incredible character. His his um, his personality seems very different to what you'd expect of someone um, doing what he's doing every week on a football pitch. So let's look forward then to the semi-final. Um, Before we uh, do, Nigel, no, though, we have, to, we have to pay tribute to Kevin De Bruyne's pass for Alvarez's second goal. Oh. Every, every oh. season... Look, you know, we know his assist records. We know his brilliant passing ability. But every season, I would say, for seven years, there's been one moment where Kevin De Bruyne has played a pass that I have never seen before and I doubt anyone else in the Premier League could play. And it happened on Saturday. So any rumours of his demise were clearly hideously premature. Because we all thought anybody else would have knocked at the other side of, of, of De Bruyne, wouldn't they? But just, just to see um, that, that pass was just a special... Worth the entrance fee in itself, Sarah. Absolutely. Indeed. Reminiscent of Tommy Johnson, I would have thought, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, do you remember? You you don't remember him. You don't remember Tommy Johnson, do you? I don't think it's a bit before your time, isn't he? Well, clearly, decades before my time, Nigel, but not before yours. No, indeed. There we are. Uh, <laughs> listen, let's look forward then in terms of the FA Cup and Sheffield United in the semi-final. What a thrill for them! They got a couple of decent players, haven't they? I think uh, Edward that we we might have heard of, young yes, McAtee yeah, and yeah. young young Doyle, Tom, Tommy and Jamie. Yep. Yeah, uh... Obviously, learnt their trade uh, in a in a good apprenticeship uh, startup company. Will they Otherwise be able to play? Though is the City. question. Will they be able to play? I don't think they will. Will they? I think that's the rumour at the moment. Well, not the rumour. I think the, just the rules won't allow it. I don't think. I think they're both going to be cup tied or whatever it's called if they're they, on loan. They for, um, they yeah, they definitely can't play. The rules don't yep. allow it. Definitely. Yeah, which is a shame for them. But yeah. uh, you'd like yeah. to think you'd like to think we've probably got enough to beat Sheffield United. I, I hesitate to say that, but you'd like to think if we can beat Leipzig seven nil and Burnley six nil, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, you uh, 
you will know that Sheffield United have, uh, I think, I think uh, won the FA Cup four times before, but it's been a while. It's been quite a while, and for their fans to go to Wembley, it's you know big day out. I remember going to the FA Cup semi final against United in two thousand and eleven, uh, when of course we won one nil, and that for us was the start of what has been many days out uh, at, at uh, the South Etihad. But uh, although they will be up for the occasion, I think we will have too much uh, firepower as we've seen in other games. Uh, and also, I think we're due another FA Cup. Dare I say it? Not sounding too greedy, but we 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 we've won. Uh, more League Cups than uh, you care to mention uh, in the last decade. But the FA Cup seems to eluded us, the last one being Watford, the, the 6-0 hammering we gave them. So I, I think we've got a, the, the, the draws, uh, as opposed to the Champions League, the draws sort of favoured us at, at this round. Uh, and you know, let's hope that we, we can make it through and um, beat uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the lesser team from Manchester in the final, if they if they manage don't to write, get through. Excuse but, me, don't, don't write Brighton, Brighton yeah. off. Don't write Brighton <laughs> off, Edward. I think I, you know, I've got a lot of mates of Brighton fans. They won't like that. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not having that. Lisa, Brighton. I fancy Brighton in yeah. that one, don't you? I I don't see why Brighton can't beat United. Um, I I mean, obviously, I'm sure most people will put United as slight favourites, but I don't. I I think Brighton are playing really well this season. Um. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I'd, I think I'd rather face Brighton in a final because um, facing United in a final would make me really unwell in the run-up. <laughs> um, so, um, we won, we won. I mean, obviously, obviously, we have to beat Sheffield United first. And whilst I obviously think we we can and probably will, and go back to my point before, it's all about the mentality of going into that game, not assuming you're going to win it, doing the work to win it. And as long as they approach it with the right attitude, then we will win it. Sarah, bear in mind we've got to get past Sheffield United and, and maybe some reflections on that first. And then your thoughts about Brighton or Stratford in the final, which which you'd fancy? Um, I mean, I, feel, I, I do feel for McAtee and, um, and, and for Tommy Doyle because, uh, you know, especially with Doyle scoring the winner for Sheffield United, um, they won't be able to play in the semi-final. Uh, clearly we don't want Sheffield United to win and even if they had been in the other semi-final if they were playing City in the final they wouldn't have been able to play in the final so it's it's just bad luck although hopefully they'll have successful careers and they'll be back at Wembley at some time but actually if you take McAtee and Doyle out of that team it it, it weakens them quite a bit so you'd be I'd be hideously disappointed if we didn't get past Sheffield United in the semi-finals and they're still battling for promotion they're not their season isn't dead yet so you know they've got other things on their minds and I'm with Lisa the thought of playing that lot in the final fills me with absolute dread and nausea and even though I know the high of beating them would be euphoric and I'd live you know I'd it, it made me happy forever the terror of them beating us just and and having to walk down Wembley Way with that lot singing, I just can't bear the thought of it. Anyway, and as you know, Nigel, Brighton is now my local 
mm. team in terms of the geography of where I live. Mm. So I'm going to be surrounded by Brighton fans in the run up to the um, to the cup final. And I've got I love Brighton. I like I like the t- as in the team. So I want to play Brighton in the final, and then I can go up there on the train with a load of Brighton fans. And I'll just tell you a quick story. Last time I went to, or the first time I went to the Amex, which was about I don't know, I can't remember how many years ago. You know, normally on a you, you go to an away ground and you you you're vigilant. You've got your eyes open, depending on which ground it is. Uh, we parked the car. We got on a bus that took you to the stadium and uh, with them city top on. And we got on the bus and somebody said to me, "Hello, lovely to see you. How, how, did you have a good journey here? Welcome to Brighton. We really hope you enjoy the game." They're well mannered, polite, well brought up, lovely people. So let's play Brighton in the final. The last time I was there, we won a Premier League, but there we go. Indeed. There we are. Listen, fantastic. Thank you very much to my three guests, to Lisa Rabinovitz, to Sarah Messenger, and to Edward Timpson. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.